awesome. If you have a Bible, go ahead and get your Bible out. We're going to get straight into some teaching tonight. And, uh, and then we got after party. We got free hamburgers, free hot dogs. And, uh, and if you came for some free food tonight, say amen. amen. I know it. I know it. I know it. We do, we do our best to help college students out, poor college students. And uh, you're going to eat for free tonight. So... Awesome. It's like, amen. The Lord sent that cheeseburger. Yes, he did. All right. Hey, uh, would you help me welcome everyone walking, watching online? Can we put our hands together? Welcome everyone, Sub30 family online. Uh, really glad to have you with us this summer watching our Sub30 services wherever you're uh, tuning in at. Man, really glad to have you. Welcome in to Sub30 tonight. And if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and open it up to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 is where we are going to uh, get in just a minute. Man, I love celebration worship. Can we put our hands together for celebration worship? I know they're, they're backstage already, but they're awesome. And they're, uh, they're great. And hey, I want to give a public shout out. I don't even know if he's in the room right now, but my boy Tyler Lavasur, who put the after party together tonight. Let's just put our hands together for Tyler. He's probably out there right now firing up the grill. Uh, but man, he's on our Sub30 staff, and Tyler put the whole after party together, and I'm thankful for him and, uh, and our key team as well that helped out. And so um, I'm excited to preach this word uh, to you tonight, and um, uh, it's kind of been with me for a little while. For those of you who don't know, I have this, uh, I got this uh, kind of, what is it? It's a folder on my computer, and in it sits just messages that I've never preached, and it's like 20 pages long. And, uh, and some of them, uh, and it's not like 18 font either, like how some of you write your papers that you turn in. And so it's not that. Um, but, uh, and, and it has messages after messages that have never been preached. Some messages only sit in there for like a week because then I'm like, I'm so fired up, I got to preach it. Some messages sit in there a lot longer. Some have sat in there for like five years, still haven't been preached yet. Um, they'll get preached one day, I guess. Um, but this message has been in there for a while, and, uh, and I'm excited to share it with you uh, tonight. And if you're new to Sub30, maybe some people are visiting. It's summertime. People are coming in and out of town and you're visiting with us. One thing you got to know about Sub30 is we're a very responsive faith-based community, aren't we? Like, we like to respond to preaching. We like to help the preacher preach. When you respond, it's going to help me preach faster and better. Everyone's winning in that scenario. You know, I was thinking about it the other day. I feel like there's just kind of like a few levels of response. I feel like level, level one is just like, you know, someone sitting in their seat and they're just like, amen, you know? Like that's, that you could just do that. If you want to respond tonight, maybe you're not really a responder, you just go to level one. Level one is you hear something good that the preacher saying, amen, amen. Or maybe that's good, you know, that's good, amen, right? Like I thought maybe what would level two be? Maybe, maybe level two is like maybe you just kind of throw up your hand and you just go teach, <laughs> teach. Like maybe, I don't know, anybody feel comfortable with that? Like yeah, some, some of these girls are here, just teach, teach. Let's, let's all practice level two together, right? One, two, three. Teach, just teach. It's good right there. Um, maybe, maybe level three would be something like maybe you would even stand up. You would be so bold on level three, and you would just kind of stand up. But no, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't say nothing. You just kind of stand up and just look. You just like. But then level four would be you stand up and look. But now you kind of give me the stank face, like, and you kind of look around, like you smell that too. You smell what he's teaching. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. Like maybe that's level four, right? And, uh, and I don't know what's past level four. Level five is uh, you just throw something at me. I, I don't know. Not, nothing. No, I'm not giving it back, though, so if it's valuable, I'm keeping it. So uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. So, but we're going to respond to God's word tonight. We're going to have fun, and uh, we're going to have a great after party as well. So Acts chapter 1, if you don't have a Bible, we got you covered. It'll be up on the screen. This is Jesus talking, and he says this, starting in verse 8, uh, out of the New Living Translation. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. And they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men, angels, okay, suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Now, if you want to write down some notes tonight, or maybe you like underlining in your Bible. I love, like, my Bible is so messed up with highlights and underlines and notes in the margin and all that kind of stuff, right? Messed up Bibles make unmessed up Christians, okay? So underline all that kind of stuff, right? If you want to underline some stuff tonight, verse 11, why are you standing here staring into heaven? I love it. The angel, why are you standing here staring into heaven? I just want to preach to you tonight uh, for a few minutes on what I have entitled, Stop Staring. Stop staring. Look at your neighbor and say, stop staring. Look at your other neighbor and say, stop staring. Stop staring. All right? Hey, let's pray, and we're going to get into God's Word. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, tonight, pray that you would help us stop staring. God, when we leave here, we're going to stop staring, and we're never going to stare again in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen? amen. Awesome. Simple, quick prayer. I'm the guy you want over for Thanksgiving dinner, right? Quick prayer, right to eating. So, um, hey, right here in this passage of Scripture, uh, I, I want to throw a little background information. It's kind of important at times when you read the Bible, you kind of know what's going on. So let me give you some background. Um, Jesus has now come to earth, right? He lived an awesome miracle ministry kind of life, did a lot of miracles, all this kind of stuff. And he died for the cro on the cross. He rose again from the dead. He's revealed himself uh, to people. See, like historically speaking, a lot of people are like, well, how do we know Jesus really rose from the dead? I mean, are we only going to trust the word of these like 12 disciples? And what if they are just trying to lie? Jesus appeared to over 400 people. Like you do the historical background, over 400 people saw Jesus alive after he was dead, right? So he appears to all these people, right? Comes back and now he's leaving them with like his last words before he goes back up into heaven. He's kind of telling them what's going to happen. And one thing that he says is he's like, hey, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm leaving, but don't be afraid. I'm going I'm to leave you the Holy Spirit. Now, please understand this. I don't know what your church background was as you grew up, so let me help some people, okay? The Holy Spirit is not like a lesser version of God. That's not what the Holy Spirit is, right? It's not like a bench warmer version of God. He is the full spirit of God. He is not lesser. He is not little. He's not like a second class errand runner. God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. I have a feeling that some people have this misconception that like God, he's like the big one and he, he sits on this big throne and Jesus kind of sits on like a little throne to the right and the Holy Spirit doesn't even get a throne because he just floats around everywhere. And so like, right? There, there's, there's no hierarchy amongst them. They're, they're, they're all the same. One God, three persons, they, they're, they're, they're mutual. They're, to, they're together, right? God is the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is like, hey, I'm gone, but my spirit, just as powerful as me, is going to be with you. And as Jesus is leaving his disciples, here's what he does. He lays out his ultimate church planting model, right? 
We've got a lot of different church planting models these days, a lot of great churches in the world and planting maybe different ways and how they start churches. Jesus lays out his church planting model right here. He, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start in Jerusalem and eventually yourself and the gospel message will expand from there and go all over the world. You see, Jesus never meant for one local church to reach the entire world. Jesus meant for thousands and millions of local churches to be planted and then from there, people will reach the entire world. So, so Jesus' message is very, very simple. It would be the same for you and I today. What, what is Jesus' evangelism message? What is his church planning message? Here it is, sub 30, let me give it to you. Start where you are and work your way out. It's simple. Start where you are and work your way out. Where am I right now? Well, I'm, this fall, I'm gonna be you know, enrolled at the University of North Florida. That's awesome. Start where you are, work your way out. You, you don't have to worry about the whole world right now. You just start here and work your way out. This is what Jesus was telling his disciples, right? I, as I was thinking about this and piecing this message together, I think it's imperative that we need to remember Jesus lived the best life ever. Okay, lived the best life ever. Like, like think about how it started. Virgin birth, hello, like that's cool. It's pretty awesome. Like if you ever have a friend come up to you and they're like, I'm pregnant, but I swear I didn't sleep with anybody. They're lying, okay? <laughs> Only happened one time. It's not gonna happen again. Virgin birth, that's pretty awesome, right? Grows up, does a miracle ministry, doing miracles. He's preaching things that no one has ever heard before. Powerful preaching. He dies from our, for our sins. He raises from the dead, right? I, I, I love that part. He raises from the dead. So he gets this glorified body. Imagine Jesus, he's in the tomb, but then he comes back in this glorified body. He's in the tomb, but he doesn't roll the stone away. No, because he's got a glorified body. He sees the wall, but he's like, I'm just gonna walk right through the wall. So he just walks through the wall. Who's excited to have a glorified body? That's I will never open another door as, as long as I eternally live, okay? So he just walks through the wall. And see, here's the powerful thing about that particular part right there in the Bible. Uh, the stone wasn't rolled away for Jesus to get out. It was rolled away for doubters to get in. So, so they could be behold, he's not there. And so Jesus, he, he has this glorified body and, and he's doing all this stuff. And he comes back and he sees his disciples. He, he reveals himself to his disciples, he shows them the scars and he's like, hey, touch the scars. And they're all like, wow, I can't, can't believe it. This is amazing and oh my gosh. But, but Thomas wasn't there, one of the disciples. He, he wasn't there and so Jesus leaves again and, and they try to tell Thomas, Thomas, dude, you missed it. Jesus rolled by, dude, he's alive. Showed us the scars in his hands and his feet and his side. I mean, he's alive. Thomas is like, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't believe it unless I see it. I'm not gonna believe it, but watch this. Here's a powerful revelation. Jesus loved a doubter so much that he came back for him. Can, can maybe we just be honest with each other tonight? Like some of us just don't get it the first time, do we? But aren't you thankful that Jesus loves doubters so much that he'll come again and again and again and again in hopes that you'll get it and you'll understand and you'll say yes to Jesus. Some of us in here are probably more thankful than others. Maybe you were the doubter for a long, long time, but you're grateful that Jesus kept pursuing your life. His grace was relentless on your life and he found you. Boy, he came after you. God loves doubters. And he, he has you here tonight. Maybe there's someone even in here tonight and you're still doubting, but God has you here because he's coming back for you. Oh my gosh, you're not even here by chance. Maybe you're here by providence. Maybe you, maybe you don't even want to believe that, but maybe that's the truth. That God even has you here tonight because he's coming for your life. He loves doubters and he came 
back for Thomas. So, so back to the story right here. So now Jesus is coaching his guys, right, before he leaves. And as if the story couldn't get any better, like a cloud comes and picks Jesus up off his feet. I mean, that would be awesome. Like you see Jesus, he's just like talking. He's like, hey guys, here's what I want you to do. And bam, you know, and he's just, he's just gone. You're like, oh crap, Jesus. So, um, right, cloud picks him up, takes him up into heaven. And then the Bible tells us this, and this is kind of where I want to focus in on the night. The Bible tells us that as Jesus is ascending on this cloud, that the disciples literally just, is that, is that Jesus? You can't, is that, is that, can you see him? I can. Where is, he? is that Jesus? Jesus! Can you see him? Can you see him? And they literally just watch until they cannot see Jesus anymore. And it must have been an awkward amount of time because the Bible says, I guess Jesus finally gets back up into heaven. And he looks down. He's like, I don't know why they're still staring up into the sky. And so Jesus has to send two angels down there. He's like, go talk to those dudes down there. Go get those idiots. Come on, tell them to go. And so, and so these, two, these two angels come back down and, and they literally say to the disciples, hey, why are you, why are you standing here? Well, it's just, it was, it was Jesus and he was He's there. He's not there anymore, though. And he was, but he was there. And why are you still standing here? They, they say to him, the same Jesus that went up, he's eventually going to come back. But here's what's implied, sub 30. But until he does, you can't just stand here. He will be back. He will return. But you can't just stand here staring until he does. Stop staring. See, I love it. They, they come back to remind the disciples, stop staring. I mean, think about it. These 11 men are supposed to turn the world upside down with the gospel message of Jesus, but they can't do it because instead of looking out at their mission, they're stuck looking up at their missionary. And they're missing an opportunity to put faith in action and begin to move and do what God's called them to do. I wrote this down. Have you ever been stuck staring? You ever been like stuck staring maybe to the point where you were kind of in a daze or you were in a daydream and you momentarily like lose focus on what's going on around you? You know, just take yourself back to the ninth grade when it was, you know, first period and you're, you know, you get called to the board and you don't, you didn't hear anything, you know, and, and so you're just stuck. You're, you're in a daydream and, and you're missing everything that's going on around you because you're, you're staring, right? And what I noticed about this story is, catch this, um, the disciples had good intentions. They had good intentions. I mean, they, they were looking up to see Jesus, but they were stuck looking up for so long that they literally can't see him anymore. And in their best intentions to see Jesus, they saw nothing. They saw nothing. You see, Sub 30, you can have the best intentions to see Jesus, but in your best intentions to see him, you can actually see nothing because you're trying to put your eyes on something when you should be putting your ears on his word and what he's asked you to do. And Jesus literally gives a command before he leaves. Before he even gets on this cloud and pieces out, he, he gives a command. He, he tells his disciples, this is what I want you to do. This is how we're gonna, this is how we're gonna build the kingdom. This is how we're gonna reach people. I want you to go out. I want you to minister, just start here, expand outward. I, I, I gave you all this information, but instead of doing what they heard, they settled for what they saw and it paralyzed them, paralyzed them. You see, in a generation in 2016 that, that you and I live in with a, a generation that listens with their eyes, right? I want to see it. 
I want to see it. Show, show me and I'll believe. I, I want to see it. And I, we, come on, we got to be reminded the kingdom is different than that. That's why the Bible tells us, blessed are those who hear and obey. Everyone say, hear and obey. Hear. Say it again, hear and obey. Blessed are those who hear and obey. We have a generation that is so caught up with, I, I got to see it to believe it. But the kingdom says, no, no, you've already heard it. Now act on what you've heard. <laughs> Blessed are those who hear and obey. And in their best effort and in their best intention to see, they saw nothing because they should have already been doing what they heard God say. I wonder who is maybe stuck staring spiritually in the room tonight. You're, you're waiting to see too much when you already know God's spoken. You're, you're, you're waiting to, to see all the proof before you step out and, and you begin to move on what God has already allowed you to hear through maybe a devotional time that you've had or maybe something you've read in his word or maybe it was a moment of worship where God was speaking to you. You've already heard. Stop staring and begin to move. Blessed are those who hear and obey. Watch this sub 30. All the Holy Spirit power that is on the inside of you cannot move until you do what God's told you to do. See, I asked myself this question, do you just want to see Jesus or do you want to do what Jesus did? Right? Greater works shall you do. Oh, there's, there's greater out there. We got people who are focused on seeing when you could be doing greater if you just acted on what you've already heard. So I want to give you three things, three simple things tonight. Um, we're going to go out and then we're going to have a great after party. But, but three things that happen when you stop staring spiritually. When you stop staring, three things happen that we see here in Scripture. Number one is um, when we stop staring, we grow numerically. We grow numerically when we stop staring and we start acting and moving on what God's told us to do. The Bible tells us in the moments after these disciples stopped staring into heaven and they actually got on with their lives doing what Jesus told them to do, they, they immediately added Matthias to their numbers, right? Judas had already taken his life and so Judas was out of the 12 now and they immediately went and were like, yo, we got to fill a spot here and they got Matthias and they added to their number. So, so now 11 became 12, but, but then you keep reading in Acts chapter two and now there's 120 people meeting in the upper room praying that the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised in Acts chapter one would now come and be upon them in Acts chapter two. So now here's 120 people, the Holy Spirit comes, they're, they're speaking in new tongues, all of this stuff, it's powerful, it's amazing. They leave the upper room, they walk downstairs out into the streets. Peter preaches his very first message and the Bible says 3,000 people get saved. It's an awesome message. You could read it in less than 60 seconds in your, in your Bible, right? It's just, it's, a, it's amazing. 3,000 people get saved. Peter's second message that he ever preached, 2,000 more people get saved. So in the span of one chapter in the Bible, as soon as they stopped staring and got to moving on what they had heard from their friend Jesus, they went from 11 to 12 to 120 to 3,000 to 5,000 in one chapter after they got on moving. Stop staring. There's people that need to be added to our numbers. 
There's people that God is searching for. There's people that God wants in your workplace, in your classroom. There's a family member in your family tree that God wants a personal relationship with. And boy, when we can stop staring and start moving, our numbers will increase, not just for the sake of numbers, but come on, baby, that's souls in the kingdom of God that are now found in Jesus that now have eternal life. We grow numerically. When we stop staring and we start moving on what God's called us to do. I wrote this down, the church grows not because of talented preachers and great worship music. That's what everyone wants us to believe these days. Oh, that church is so big because of their worship music. Oh, that church is so big because that preacher over there, he's just really, church, they don't grow because of great preachers and worship music. The church of Jesus Christ grows and multiplies. It takes over cities when people stop staring and they start moving. And whatever sphere of life you live in, you start moving. But it can't happen when you're frozen. You know, I keep saying staring, staring, staring. Let me kind of qualify that. I just wrote some stuff down. Staring, um, staring is just someone who's spectating. Not saying you're not a believer. Not saying you don't love Jesus. Maybe you love God. Maybe you totally believe in Jesus, the Bible, the whole thing. But, but a staring individual is someone who's just spectating. They're watching, but they're not playing. They're not in the game. They're not doing anything beneficial. They're not really aiding in the work of the kingdom. They're motionless. They're unaware. They're immobile. They're frozen. That's someone who's staring. I don't, I don't want to, this message to in any way, shape, or form make anyone feel beat up in here tonight, but, but how long maybe have, have you been attending church just kind of staring and observing when maybe now, tonight, come on, in Jesus' name is the time where you step out and you say, I'm gonna to start to be an active participant in what's going on. The kingdom work that's happening, I'm gonna get myself involved. People are missing priceless, precious opportunities to be a part of the mission of Jesus Christ. You know, in any given year, um, people come and, and I'll get emails, Pastor Keith the same, and, and we'll, we'll maybe get emails or text messages, um, or people will just have conversation with us. And, uh, and we hear this a lot. Uh, you know, someone will come up and they'll say, man, Pastor Clay, man, I really have a heart uh, for, for this. I got a heart for that. I got, I got a heart to do this. I'd love to, man, I'd love to get on stage at Sub 30 and share my heart for this. I'm an, I'm an artist, I'm a musician, I'm a poet, I'm a writer, I'm a, I'm a whatever. I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to get on stage at Sub 30. And it kinda, it's, it's weird because it kind of all goes back to this stage and people are just enamored with it for whatever reason. Don't be, please stop. It's just normal people up here living normal life just like you, They're, okay? So, so let's just get past all this mess. Um, but, but here, and here's kind of where I've got, right, with, with a lot of that. I'm, I'm now 31 years old. I, I found myself at a place where I'm less interested in what someone has a heart for, and I'm more interested in what someone has a hand in. What do you have a hand in? I, I hear that you got a heart for something, but, but, but are, are you serving? You got any skin in the game? Are you participating? Are you involved? Are you on a serving team? Are you in a group? Where, where, are you, where are you taking ownership of the ministry? Because people will have a heart for a whole, whole lot of stuff, but I see less people with their hand in the ministry. What can you maybe put your hand to? See, tonight I'm just, I'm hoping questions are popping up in your mind. Questions like, okay, what can I put my hand to? What can I be involved in? What can I take a step and do, right? We're, we're, I'm gonna give you some, some options before it's all said and done, right? But I, I want people who have a hand in the ministry. I also thought about this. Look, the longer you stay steering, the more opportunities the enemy has to bring distractions into your life. When you're staring, distractions 
can come into your life because you see the opposite of that would be this. When I'm busy doing the work of the Lord, when I'm busy participating, I'm involved, I, I got less opportunity for the enemy to come and distract me with other mess because I'm busy about kingdom work. R write this down, all right? Text it to yourself, whatever you gotta do, just, just write it down. I will be less fooled when I am more focused. I will be less fooled when I am more focused. You know, I, I think this is how so many young adults, and, and let's just maybe get there's just a moment of realness. I know a lot of times churches, a lot of fakeness, you know, fake smiles and fake all this. Let's just have a moment of realness. And so I, I, I want to say this. I think so many young adults get caught in relationships that you should never be in because of this focus thing right here, right? Because here's what the enemy does. The enemy say, oh, oh, you're looking for Jesus, but you can't find him? Here, let me bring you someone to replace him. And, and maybe, maybe, not always, not always, but, but maybe now it's, it's turned into something that you never should have got into in the first place but because you were staring. Should you have been focused about the work of the Lord, you would have been less fooled into this relationship that maybe you should have never got into in the first place, right? I will be less fooled when I'm more focused. When I'm more focused doing the work of God, when I'm more focused, I'm on track with, I, with I, what I know God has spoken over my life. I know God has called me to this. I know God has purposed me to this thing. I'm putting my hand to the work of the ministry. I might not be preaching. I might not be Ryan and Marie Hodges leading worship. I might be setting up chairs. I might be packing down the after party when everyone else has gone home. But I'm going to put my hand to something in God's house, in God's kingdom, and it's going to be less opportunity for the enemy to fool me because I'm more focused. I have tunnel vision now with what, with what I'm doing with my life. I have tunnel vision with how I'm serving Jesus. I'll be less fooled when I'm more focused. Number two, right? Number one was we grow numerically. Number two is we grow geographically. The moment the disciples stopped staring and they got to work, they started taking territory for the kingdom of God. New territory. The gospel in the New Testament was spreading like wildfire across Europe and Asia, all over the place because they stopped staring. I wonder what territory in your life God wants to occupy. What territory does he want to occupy? It's only gonna happen when you stop staring. You see, I think there's university campuses. I think there's jobs and workplaces, businesses, cubicles, offices, family homes, military branches, sports fields, hospitals, and classrooms that God wants to occupy. He wants a piece of that place. It's only gonna happen when you start walking into that place, being representative in that place, saying, see, see here's how you gotta wake up every day. You gotta wake up with the spirit that says, wherever I am today, this is the kingdom of heaven on earth. Whenever, wherever I am today, boy, this classroom that I'm walking into in the fall semester, this is the kingdom of heaven on earth because I just brought heaven here. It's with me. This military branch that I serve in, maybe on the west side of town over at the base, this is the kingdom of heaven on earth. I know people in the barracks don't talk like it's the kingdom of heaven, but bless God, this is the kingdom of heaven on earth because I just brought heaven into this place. My job, my, my cubicle, as boring, as, as pointless as you might think that is. And why am I even here? If I left tomorrow, no one would even notice. No, no, it's the kingdom of heaven on earth because I just brought heaven here. You start waking up like that. God is wanting new territory. He's wanting his spirit to find its way into new places that maybe it's never been before. Maybe it's never been in your office building, but it's about to be because it's the kingdom of heaven on earth when you walk in there on a Monday morning because you brought heaven there. God's looking for new territory. And when we all stop staring, 
the gospel can spread geographically into new places. Number three, the last one is this. I think it's obviously probably the most important. Number three is we grow spiritually. We grow spiritually. It's the weightiest one of them all. See, when you look at the 12 disciples, right, in, in, in the Bible, and if you ever want to do a character study or something, people are like, yeah, no, Clay, that's what you're for. And so, um, but right, like you, you'll find out that it's just 12 guys that are just, it's just like a hodgepodge group of guys. None of them were like professional religious men before, you know, they met Jesus. They're, they're just fishermen, they're tax collectors, they're manual labor kind of guys, just all that kind of stuff, right? And, and, and so they're just normal guys, just like you and me. But what I noticed is that when they finally stopped staring in Acts chapter one, they all grew up. They all grew up spiritually, massively grew up. You see, you see, you read in the Bible and a lot of them, like when they were following Jesus, sometimes they just ask like silly questions. I think if we could be honest, Jesus was like, God, that's a stupid question. Why, did you really not get it the first time? And so Jesus explains himself again, right? And, and they're just kind of immature. They're kind of just like, and, and you can't really blame them. And they're just immature believers, right? They're just fresh in it, just like some of us. But, but, but boy, when they stopped staring and they got to work, they grew up spiritually. And now, instead of staring at the sky, wishing their friend would come back, they started staring their fears in the face and saying to themselves, until he does come back, he has given me enough power and authority to deal with this. And boy, they grew up spiritually. And you read the rest of Acts and, and the book of Acts, like I've said before, it's just a book of the acts of the apostles by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now you see what once was these immature guys with a lot of silly, immature questions. Now, boy, they are casting demons out of people and they are healing the sick and they're doing miracles and the church is expanding and they are preaching powerful messages and they are unraveling all this great doctrinal stuff. Boy, they grew up spiritually when they stopped staring Spiritual growth. This is what I love about our groups and our teams here, right? This whole message, I've just been baiting you. But it's what I love about our groups and teams because when I look at people who are involved in serving teams at Sub 30 and Celebration Church or, or a group, right? The over 60% of Sub 30 that participate in, in a group during the week. It's, I, I love it so much because it's just hundreds of people who have seen the value of spiritual growth. Because just men, like, it, like we've heard the old adage a, a million times, right? If you've been in church, like, like if you only ate physically once a week, you're dead, you're, you're nothing. And it, it, it ain't working. And, and so when I see groups and teams, it's hundreds of people that are realized, I gotta eat more spiritually. I, I gotta get around people of faith more if I wanna grow up. I, I gotta do life with other people if I wanna grow up. Now, if you're content to just be immature, then by all means, just do as little as, as possible. But I know that would be none of us in here. None of us are like, yeah, I just wanna be the most immature believer ever. Like, no one's saying that. And, and, and so I feel like, man, when, when you're involved, it's an opportunity for you to grow up spiritually. So, so where do we go from here tonight? What do we need to do? It's simple, obviously, stop staring, but watch this. Here's what I want you to do tonight, okay? Before we go, and we have some, some drinks, just Coke is really what it is. And so, um, some of you are like, for real? Oh, dang. Um, free hot dogs, though, so uh, what am I saying? Okay. Here's what we're going to do tonight. Here, here's what I want you to do is just take a step. Write that down. Take a step. Notice what I didn't say. I didn't say take some steps. I don't even want you to take some. I just want you to leave here tonight ready to take a step. Just take one step 
in, in the way of spiritual growth, in the way of I'm going to stop staring, I'm going I'm to participate, I'm going to allow God to begin to use my life. I'm no longer just going to come to church and church just doesn't revolve around me and well, they better sing the songs that I like and the preacher better preach a message that I like and, and me, 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 but no, no, now I'm coming because I see the value of growing numerically. I see the value of God taking new territory and I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of new people experiencing Jesus, all of this kind of stuff, right? Take a steps. So, so let me give you examples. Here's some examples of some steps that you might take. Um, there's probably some people in here tonight and your first step is just saying yes to Jesus Christ. Maybe you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's, it's simple. The Bible says you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ was the son of God, that he did die on a cross for our sins. He did raise from the dead and through those things, he can now give me righteousness, right? It, it's, it's simple. Maybe your step is just saying yes to Jesus. That's your step. Others in here, your step is to join a serving team. You're going to have the opportunity to do that. There's going to be information at a tent outside while everyone's hanging out and eating food and all that kind of stuff. Joining a serving team, right? Church is not just about me anymore, but it's about helping other people connect with God. Some people's next step is to join a group. You're going to join the 60% of sub 30. You're going to make a 70 and 75 and 80% of, of people who are, going to be involved in a group, right? Maybe you love God, you enjoy coming to church, but you don't have near enough encouragement in your life. It's tough. Like, can we just be honest? Sometimes like when you work in a place and no one else is a believer and just kind of the, the conversation that just starts up in, in places where people just don't care about God and they don't really have maybe a lot of morals, sometimes it's tough. You, you just get like spiritually exhausted having to sit in that. Like some people literally come to sub 30 and when they come to sub 30, it's like standing under a spiritual waterfall and they're finally just like, thank God. Thank God. I didn't think I was gonna make it. I thought I was just gonna totally be crushed, but thank God. And, and then they have to prepare for another six days of going back into an extremely tough environment. But, but you don't have to wait six days if you were participating in one of these groups there would be another opportunity, maybe even multiple opportunities for you to experience encouraging, life-giving, faith-building people in your life, right? Maybe that's your next step is to join a group. Maybe your next step is to sign up for Serve Day this Saturday, Celebration Church. Maybe you didn't participate with the thousands of us that did participate last year. So, so maybe this coming Saturday, you're like, you know what? I'm going to go online, celebration.org. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to get my blue shirt. I'm going to show up on Saturday morning and I'm going to go, I'm going to go paint a, a, a school. I'm going to go, not, I mean, not like a whole entire building, but you know what I mean? Like a playground or something. I'm going I'm to go hand out water bottles at the beach. I'm going to go serve people at the town center. I'm going to go, there's like over a hundred opportunities that you can pick from, right? Maybe that's your next step. I'm going to serve. That's how I'm going to stop staring and start moving on with what God's called me to do. Maybe your step is to sign up for Celebration College. Maybe that's a step. Maybe some of you in here tonight know God has been calling you to full-time vocational ministry. Maybe you, maybe, maybe you can't even say that, that you know that you know, but maybe you feel like, maybe I'd like to do it. Maybe, maybe the step for you is, look, I'm gonna get information on the ministry school here at Celebration, and I'm gonna take a step, and I'm gonna go for it, and I'm gonna be developed and I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what God does in my life. I'm gonna see what doors open in my life for ministry and how I can serve others and minister with my life, even outside of college, even beyond college, maybe even vocationally. Maybe Celebration College is your next step. Maybe it's making the commitment, I wrote this down, to just take ownership of your own faith. Maybe that's your next step, as simple as that is. Understanding that, that now as an adult, you gotta start taking ownership. Like you gotta make church a priority every single week. As your pastor, I love you, I pray for you a lot. 
I care about you. So, so let me just say this as, as a pastor that loves you is we're not in middle school anymore. Like church can't be like, oh, I couldn't go because my mom couldn't take me in the minivan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that worked in middle school. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't make it to riot, Keith, because my mom's minivan was broke. You know, like that, we're not in middle school, okay? We're, we're adults now. And so maybe your step is, man, I gotta, I gotta take ownership. I gotta be more serious about my relationship. No, no one else is walking, they're, they're not holding my hand through this Jesus stuff. I, I am an adult. I love God. I wanna grow spiritually. I'm gonna take ownership for my life and what God's called me to do, right? I love you. That's why I say it to you, because, because I love you. So maybe that's your next step, taking ownership. But I think we all have a step to take tonight. You know, I've said this once and I'm gonna pray for us. We're over time, but um, there's a, a, something I said a, a few messages back, I think, and it's this principle of, if you wanna go fast in life, go alone. But if you wanna go far, go together. If you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. When, when I, I'll, I'll just give you my story. When I, um, I, I was in a college here in, in South Carolina, uh, didn't know, I was just you know, studying whatever. You know, it was like, I don't know if you did this when you got into college, you basically just like opened up all the majors and you were just like, uh, boom, all right, nursing, that sounds great. Um, and so, hate blood, but I'm gonna major in nursing. Oh, and so, I don't know, so I'm just, you know, I just kind of, oh, I'm just going to do this, you know, psychology. I couldn't even spell psychology, I couldn't, literally. And so, um, and so that, that was me, right? But then, but then God started speaking to me, God started dealing with me about ministry, about vocational ministry. My, my dad was a pastor, and I always told myself, I was like, I saw my parents doing ministry, I was like, I will do anything. I'll be a garbage man, I'll work for the sewer plant, I will do whatever. I, I mean, like, what, the, the worst job possible, I don't even know what it is, but whatever it is, I'll dig footers for the rest of my life. I did that a whole entire summer. I will do roofing in the summer, did that for a whole entire summer. I will do all of that before I'll ever go into ministry because I see my parents doing it and it looks awful, right? But then what does God do my freshman year of college? He starts hitting my heart about ministry, right? And, and the best thing I did for myself is I finally said, you know what, I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay all this stuff down. I don't know what I'm doing anyway. And I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna take a step. I feel like I've heard God speak to me. I, I, I can stop staring now looking for other signs because here's the deal. When you've already heard God and God's already spoken, you can stare as long as you want, but ain't no more signs coming because, because he already spoke. You should be acting on what you heard. And so, so I finally realized I'm gonna stop staring and looking for other majors and I'm just finally gonna do what I know God's called me to do. So I went out to ministry school in Australia and you know what happened? Spiritual growth in my life shot like never before because for the first time in my life, I was surrounded day in and day out with other like-minded, faith-based individuals who also wanted to do something great for the kingdom of God in whatever sphere of life or country they were ultimately gonna go back to. And so I sat for two and a half, almost three years with these individuals, and it was three years of probably the most intense spiritual growth of my entire life. The great thing I love about our church, I didn't come from a big church like Celebration. We didn't have a million groups. We didn't have our own ministry school. But the great thing about our church is you can find those things here. You don't have to go across the world to find it. You can actually find it here in a group. You can find it here on a team. You could find it here in our ministry school, but I'm guaranteeing you there's one step that we can all take tonight in order to stop staring and start moving. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? I'm gonna pray for us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and 
I'm not even gonna have the band come back out because we're just gonna pray and um, uh, Kelly's got a quick announcement for us and then we'll go out and we'll have some free food. But um, just with your head bowed and your eye closed, man, if that's you, I just wanna pray for you. Simple prayer tonight, simple message really, but, but I hope God's speaking to you and I hope that question is, is being answered for you specifically and how you can take that step. Because boy, when we stop staring and we start moving, there's massive growth in so many areas ready to happen in our life. So if that's you, you're like, man, Pastor Clay, this message was speaking to me tonight. I just want you to lift your hand. You're not lifting it to me. You're just lifting it to God saying, I'm ready to take a step. I'm ready to find how I can apply myself. I'm ready to start moving on in my relationship with God. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for every hand lifted. God, I pray that you would begin to answer the question that is in people's minds as to what they do next. God, I listed a bunch of examples, but God, there's probably things I didn't even think about. God, I pray that you would empower people, that you would give them the courage, that, that you would give them the boldness to just step out, begin to, begin to try new things, begin to step into something new. I've never done this before, but God, I'm believing that as these individuals step out, your Holy Spirit is going to meet them there. God, they're going to grow in such an awesome way. They're going to experience such new levels in their relationship with God. It's going to be like this brand new thing that you're doing in them and even through them, God. They're going to be able to be more of a blessing to other people because of what you're doing in them. So God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would be on them, that you would just give them the grace to continue this journey and do it well, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.